Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Baddies Mean Business. This is your host, Riley Jennings and Lizzie Hatfield. Today, I'd like to introduce you a very special baddie and a really good friend of mine, Terrell Simmons. Terrell is an equity, diversity, and inclusion champion, professional development coach, and self-made entrepreneur driven by a single goal to help you accelerate your business and career. He was a RISE San Diego Urban Leadership graduate, 2020 Rockwood Leadership Institute fellow, and current RISE Urban Nation podcast host. His career path is coaching and business consulting, and it all began when he had won a startup weekend pitch competition hosted by Google and Techstars. Welcome to the podcast, Terrell. Welcome, Man, welcome. who is this person? I want to meet them. They are, they sound amazing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, dang, this is pretty dang cool. And you know what? You know what? You embody every single piece of it. So I'm super excited to have you on. Um, but yeah, Kenzie, That's I don't know if you so want to. Now, I just appreciate being on here. Like, you know, me and Riley, uh, me and Mariah go back like beans and past fires. <laughs> no, so me and Riley, it, it's, it's so interesting just being with you in this space, but I love it. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited just to uh, just to be an honorary baddie now. Like, this is what's up. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome. Welcome, Terrell. We're so happy to have you. It's quite funny because I know I always hear you in my headphones being the co- the host to your own podcast, but now you're on the other side and we're interviewing you. So how does that feel? I know. So for me, it's like, oh man, this is this how it is on the other side. Like, but I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it all. So whatever we're gonna dive into, we're gonna dive into, and and it's, I'm so like tempted to want to ask questions, but I'm like, oh no, they need to ask me the questions. Be <laughs> really interesting. This will be really interesting. I'm excited to see how it goes for that reason. But Kenzie, <laughs> do you want to kick us off? With Absolutely. The, you know... the baddie briefing, of course, the one and only. So first, we're going to start off with our favorite of the month. And so I'll go first. Um, I have been absolutely loving. It's a subscription clothing thing, if you will, called Newly. And basically, it's like a monthly subscription that you get like six pieces anywhere from dresses to shorts to blouses to whatever. And it's super fun. I got it for one of Riley and I's friends weddings. And so I have like a bunch of dresses that I can wear with all of very cheap price, even though they're very high retail prices, um, which is just a fun part in general. But that's been really nice because it allows you to save your buck, but also look bougie on a budget, you know? And so that's been really fun. And then I guess I'll hop right into our attention just to do them back to back. Um, I'd say that my intention for the week would be to kind of just slow down. I feel like this past couple of weeks, just with all the transitions, I've been just kind of so fast paced that I'm like, I just need to slow down, take a breather, remind myself that like, this is an adjustment and that's okay. And also to be kind of uncomfortable with those feelings and to kind of embrace them because sometimes you got to get a good cry in and that's just how it goes. So that's kind of where I'm at with my intentions for the week and my segment of the baddie brief. But Terrell, do you want to go next? Yeah, I can go next. So for those people who know me, I'm a I'm a whiskey lover. I'm a whiskey drinker. And I love whiskey. I got a, I got a fine peanut butter whiskey named Screwball right now that that I'm, I'm sipping on uh, because I'm Rise Urban Nation. I can't I can't mention. I know Screwball. I think that's the San Diego zone. But you know, shout out to the people at Screwball who made a fine peanut butter whiskey that I can just sip on every day as like as a leisure activity. 
But I have to give a shout out to a new whiskey that I just found out last week called Uncle Nearest. 1856 and the story of uncle nearest he is like legendary he is the black man that taught jack daniels how to make whiskey and his whiskey you can find it in, i mean he's i don't think he's alive today but his whiskey you can find in like the bevmos and i was like wait there is a black a legendary black founder who who's been in the whiskey game and there's a, a little documentary on the website that my friend shared with me and so i love that intentions i love your intentions mckizzy because your intentions are in alignment with where my intentions is somebody told me today rest is restorative and revolutionary mm. Mm. i felt that mm -hmm. rest is restorative and revolutionary you can't serve from an empty cup so get your rest rest up yeah, a 100%. Oh my gosh, I can't even like explain how relevant that is. Burnout is so serious. Mm -hmm. I talked to like mm -hmm. three different people this week who experienced burnout within the last six months. And it breaks my heart to think about it because it can be prevented. But it's like people who are like hyper achievers just like can't help it, but just like push themselves to the very end or else they like may not feel like they're doing the most. So I love that. Me too. Yeah, the culture of oh grind 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 like there's this new culture of grind 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 work 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 and so that's what helps i think hyper escalate the 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 culture of like oh no days off no rest right it's so true it's really true and there's like that i've been reading rereading a book so atomic habits that habits as many people have read before i'm rereading it because i haven't read it in a few years and it's reminding me of like being intentional with your daily tasks and really being diligent about breaking up your your day-to-day -day in pieces especially on my google calendar you'll just like see sections and just being better about compartmentalizing your day basically i feel like i'm really afraid we're gonna get ca caught up in different conversations because that's just what we do in our, our conversations but <laughs> my favorite of the week this week so i recently have discovered a product called Cadence or a company called Cadence. And they have products that are sustainable travel containers that allows you to have personalizable or personalized labels for these containers. And it's super cool. I just got them. And what they do is they have like magnetic labels that you can put to the, diff to the top of like different bottles. Um, okay. Super travel size, super easy. And the best thing is that they're like hexagon shaped and they connect cool. together. So they, it's really easy to keep track of them. So love them. Nice. And also, also the colors include like eucalyptus or like just like really aesthetically, you know, aesthetic names. But I my intent, please. I'll send you the link after I'm done. I'll link it. I'll link in the show sure. notes as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and shout out to all the brands we just mentioned. You know, if mm -hmm. if if you want the baddie to really promote you, I mean, could you drop a sponsorship? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just the man know. speaks I truth. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than he speaks truth. So, yeah. Yes, I'm a big fan. Like, I'm a big fan. I appreciate y'all. Yes. I appreciate you all. I'll also put my address in the show notes. Just kidding. But my intention for the week this week is I want to be intentional about paying a little bit more for quality rather than kind of settling. Because while as I'm reordering things for my home, 
I, I want it to like last a long time. It's no longer that college dorm life where you just, you know, you're getting something to get by. I'm really trying to be intentional about like organizational equipment, um, putting the linens in boxes and like placing them in certain locations. That is like my best way of like setting myself up for the like new chapter. So I'm excited about that. That's She's getting great. all, look at her like uh, coordinating organization, <laughs> all this adulting. Yeah, Kiss off though, Terrell, like tell us a little bit about yourself and what we haven't mentioned and what you, we may not be able to find on the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm, what would you not find on the internet? You know, it, it's probably a little bit more on there now, but a lot of people don't know that I have Nigerian roots. A lot of people don't know my, my journey from going from D.C. to San Diego, born in New York, raised in D.C. I grew up in D.C. when it was Chocolate City. And so like growing up, uh, the environments that I grew up in was very rough, very rough and humble early beginnings. Let's just say that. And I was one of those kids that was a knucklehead. I was a class clown and I was in and out of in and out of juvie, I had a, a guy who came a mentor to me that got me into this program called AmeriCorps. That's what really originally got me out to San Diego. And, and then, you know, long story short, I went and got my, my from doing AmeriCorps, I got money to go to school, eventually got my bachelor's and eventually got my master's, which ironically, the, the, the funny part of this whole story is that all growing up through school, I was labeled as the kid with AD. HD, right? So, like, uh, I would have those teachers say, oh, well, you know, I, I don't think college is in the plans for you. You know, you're a slow learner. You you can't do this or that, right? There's that, that stigma with the label. But I eventually graduated and then skip ahead where I'm, like, teaching corporate development, teaching DNI, teaching workforce development. So, I, I guess the class clown is teaching class now, if I had to put it in a nutshell. <laughs> so, a lot of people don't know that story. I started, to, I started to share it a little bit more because, like, a lot of the, when I go back and speak at schools, teachers are like, no, you got to really share, like, your origin story because I think some of the kids need to hear that and they could be you're going to inspire some people and you're going to resonate with them a little bit more. So I used to be ashamed of that story, but now getting better at telling that, telling that story. (laughs) I love that. And honestly, I didn't know that beforehand. I love that story because it's like, for one, I didn't know it, but two, it's, I feel like it just makes like who, who I know you are today, just like that much more special because I can see the journey that you've been on before. Uh, Because you're like one of the most like bright, kind people I know and so it's just like to hear like where this has come from is just it's really beautiful and I really appreciate you sharing it with us speaking from like a person who also struggles with ADHD like that's really empowering I feel like it can be really hard to like open yourself up to that level I feel like Riley and I have even had this you probably experienced this exact feeling just in podcasting alone I feel like it's hard to open yourself up and share a bunch of stuff about yourself on the internet. And ultimately, I feel like the reason why people, you know, like listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos or whatever the case may be, getting their entertainment online, I feel like people ultimately just want to be able to relate to others. And I think that that's overall a beautiful experience. And so I think it's incredibly amazing that you like, well, one, wanted to share it on our podcast and two, just, you know, feel open enough to sharing it to others so more power to you yeah that. <laughs> i think most people want to just connect with other people people want to have yeah. a, a sense of belonging Absolutely. to know that they're part of a community and they're part of something special that's much bigger than them and and, and i think that's 
you know, when I when I hit my first struggles, you know, in the high school being labeled and so forth and not finding, you know, my my group, my tribe, my people, that's what that's what that's what it was. And then I went on this journey and then I, you know, ironically, there was a white Jewish guy who helped me go on that journey. And then I, I was able to really reinvent myself and re-own my story and then reconnect with, you know, people and, and really embrace different cultures and learning about different people that were different from me and learning that there's more in common that connects us and separates us. No, it's so true. I'm kind of curious, uh, at what point in your story did DEI become a part of who you are or was it always a part of who you are? Or maybe there was a point where you just didn't know it yet. Yeah. So ironically, I think it was always part of my story. It's just, it wasn't labeled that. And there wasn't that thing. I always... I was one of those people who always, my earlier days before I even started my career, like from high school to college, people was like, oh, your brother's that person that he goes to a house not knowing anybody and he, he walks out with 50 friends. Or, or if there's 20 people at the party, he walks out with 19 friends. <laughs> I, can, I, can, no, no. I can vouch for that. I vouch for that 100%. <laughs> I do too. I feel like the moment I met you, I was like, this guy is so fun. And we just all connected and vibed so well. I mean, like that does not surprise me at all. Yeah. And then as I started to go into my career, like I was always known as the connector. And then I I just had this soft spot in my heart where I always wanted to work in helping community, like underserved community. So like whatever I did, I want to bring it back to that. So I could be in education. I could be in this, but I'm going to find a way to connect it to community and how we should be supporting community. And so that's just what it was part of my job title. And I always did that, which led me into workforce development. My claim to fame, I would say, is like when I started working on a program called Connected Careers through San Diego Workforce Partnership, which then I started working with the mayor's office and then a lot of high level politicians. And then we got money to turn what started off as a $500,000 program to like a $2 million program by the, by the time I walked away from it, um, helping get all these, you know, um, I would say between at risk and opportunity youth was a term we were calling it into like middle wage type jobs, careers, learning experiences and so forth. And it was one of the, the most rewarding and difficult experiences that I ever did. And it took a lot of little DNI strategies to kind of make that happen with building community, talking to all these HR professionals. How do we change the structure of a system that is not really helping to educate and elevate, you know, or center people um, in certain career pathways. Like there's certain career pathways that are not built for women or are not inclusive to women, like in the tech space, like it's a good old boys club, right? So how do we be intentional about creating a program that intentionally helps bring these different perspectives into the place so we can build programs that allow them to have a seat at the table and help build the table and, and, build for the next generation like not just you know like have a seat at the table now that i'm thinking about it but that's what the conversation was then but like how do we elevate it to like hey they they should they should be making decisions on how to build a table and who gets to sit at the table right that's so true and i was kind of curious in your perspective because i mean you read a lot of the articles online but in your perspective what are the components of a program that can allow these you know these type of systematic changes and promote mm-hmm. 
better, a bigger priority or prioritizing inclusion in a greater way than it has been before. You, you simply center the community that you're trying to serve. So instead of me building the program saying, I know what this community needs. And so here, I'm going to put this together. And this is the, this is the thing that's going to help you community. No, go out to that community and include that community in the whole process. So they have equity all the way through and throughout, and they have ownership of it through and throughout. So, um, I'll give you an example. So one time we were doing this this program for, um, I think it was, I can't remember which Asian community it was, but how they operated in this Asian community is like there, there was a lot of refugees in that maybe didn't speak clear English. So there's one, you need to put the documents into a language they can understand. Two, you need to go to the who the community elder was so that they understood what you were trying to do. And then they can then take charge of it and and they get equity and they get full autonomy to do this thing that's going to help their community the way they feel it needs to be helped uh, or done and then allow them the resources and tools to help build an structure in a way that's going to really benefit and advance their community. They know what they need <laughs> and they have a system in place that works for them that may not be in alignment with you know, the institutionalized systems that we've already created that when you start to break them down, don't systemically elevate people out of conditions. They just put them right into us and the clog and the will and the system of things. So here's your component, and this is what you're going to do. And this is what you're going to be in the system. (laughs) So are you saying that the answer may be different depending on the community, you would say? Yeah, it may be different depending on the community. But I think ultimately is be community focused, be human centered design where it fits to the human needs of that community. Uh, I'm not so just so policy and structured, like some of those things are important to help amplify. Yes. And then uh, if I'm really being honest, I say, you know, give people equity in the things that they're, they're putting together. Like, mm-hmm. why should you have ownership over it? <laughs> totally. Totally. I was just going to say how cool it is that it kind of like came full circle just with our like initial conversation about like, sense of belonging. That's really cool that the way you go about it is to center them in what you're working on. And I think that's really important. So then everybody feels included because I feel like that's the whole purpose is, you know, for people to feel included. So. It's true. I really like hearing your perspective on this because I feel like we, we, we've touched the surface in our conversations, but it's nice that we get a moment to dive into it. For me personally, um, I know. So regarding different communities, I come from like a mixed family. So I have like half Polynesian, half white. And for me, I, it wasn't something I really intentionally noticed because I I was one of the only Polynesians in my town. And it was something that I thought was really cool and unique about myself, but I didn't really realize that there was like a deeper community within it until I moved to San Diego. And I found um, other people who were also Samoan and Tongan and of other um, Polynesian cultures. And I was like, wow, like this really, this can really go beyond what I had in mind for myself. And there's actually a lot of uh, disparities between and within our community, especially that a lot of Polynesians usually typically go to school because of sports. And I, I didn't go to school because of sports. So it was really interesting to be a part of it in college and having, um, mm-hmm. finding ways to give back to a community that I wasn't super familiar with growing up. So 
pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing too that I say we have to do, we have to start doing as a society, as a culture, as just, as people, we have to start celebrating the things that make us different, like, and stop trying to fit into the things that make us the same, right? Mm-hmm. There's too much, there's too much othering and like, oh, this person is that. Let, let's let's lean into celebrating the things that make them different and getting under, getting to know people, meet people where they're at. You know, um, I think. Mm-hmm that will give you a better understanding whether you believe in what they believe in or not, right? You may be in total disagreement, but at least it'll give you an understanding of who they are, what their background is, and then a better insight to their intent. Because like sometimes people don't don't mean and they only know what they know. But once you once you know, I expect you to to take what you know and do better. In this council culture and this othering culture it doesn't allow for us to celebrate the uniqueness and individuality of people and then learn about that and then grow group. If that is celebrated more, not only will we have better startups, better products, better a better society, because then you can build things that are truly meant for, ev- meant for everybody and you can see where the strengths lie and the differences and the things that we create and build for each other to help our society. You sound, ugh, put that in a book somewhat. I read your so blog true. post a lot. And I need that in a blog post, Terrell. <laughs> they lucky I don't go off as blog as much as I do. Like, cause sometimes I'll be sitting in my I'm like, man, I know if I put this, somebody gonna come at me, and I'm like, don't at me. Don't. I'm gonna just sit this here. <laughs> no, <laughs> just no, right here. Just take it as nope. you will. <laughs> No boxes and baddie, no rules and rights, baby. You know? Oh, hey, I knew you were gonna drop that. That's a bar I was right there. For it. <laughs> that was waiting for it. We just gotta, you know, slide in a little teaser yeah. right there. We're but. just gonna, we're gonna just leave that with you guys, and you can set on it. You can set on it. Yeah, coming soon coming to a, a coast a or region near you. A region near you. <laughs> a streaming platform near you. <laughs> I love it. I also want to understand. So you are a podcaster. How has podcasting played in your journey, played in your role in life, your purpose? Like how has Rise Urban Nation affected you as a person? So here's another fact that people don't know about me. I was in the radio business first started my career. So I used to work at uh, Magic 92.5 back when it was in National City. And I used to be part of the street team. And then uh, Clear Channel bought them out, then joined the Clear Channel street team, did a little things for Z90 on their street team and Magic 92.5 at the same time before leaving the radio world because I, I realized, you know, the, it, the career that I was chasing, like, you know, I, I thought I could have my own, really my own personality and voice, but like they, they kind of dictate the whole schedule. So it's not like you can play anything, right? And so that's where I went on that first wave of my journey, which eventually led me into doing workforce development and public speaking. And then a lot of people used to always say, yo, you know, you should start a podcast. And I was like, ah, nah, nah, pandemic hits, right? Um, and then so I'm not public speaking like that anymore. And, but I, I got some things I want to say. And along with that, winning that startup competition, I've met a whole bunch of people that was just amazing. And a lot of the things that would I w- was resonating with me during that time of stillness in the pandemic, when we were all sitting still with our self and self-growth and development. Because I remember always hearing 
young people, like especially that come from black and brown communities, like when I used to do the program, it's like, oh man, nah, that's not for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this rap thing, I'm gonna do this sports thing. Like, like you probably the only one over there doing that, right? I was like, nah, there's another person that looks like me down the hall. And wait, actually, let me rewind that. Let me not put that on the youth because adults have limiting beliefs too about what they can do and who they can be. And sometimes they spread that on to the youth who didn't have that mindset. And so I was like, yo, like I got all these great opportunities. I could connect them to this person. I connect them, but they not, they not, they're not taking advantage of these opportunities. And I was sitting there talking to this person. I was like, yeah, you know, people can't be what they can't see. I was like, wait, what? It's like people can't be what they can't see. It's like, I'm sorry, did oh. you just drop that like really lightly, or was that supposed to have that much of an effect on me? <laughs> Whoa! <Yeah. laughs> Whoa! And, and so, so my my friend told me that that hit me, and, and then later on, I think two weeks later, I saw it in the in the Beyonce homecoming thing or something, and I was like, I was like, dang, this this is really resonate with me right now, and so. I started to think about, all right, it, maybe I can normalize black excellence through my podcast and interview all these amazing black people until, you know, young people or adults, whoever can start to see themselves in the people that I'm interviewing. And we talk about real life stuff until it just normalizes black excellence in all its many different forms and have real life conversation on how we can rise together and elevate each other through our stories and so that's that's when you know rise urban nation was born it actually started off as rise Panoras, but um after i started uh the journey apparently somebody had that name copy written and their lawyer reached out to me with a cease and desist so i had to change the name halfway through the first season <laughs> oh no oh god like I, we've been safe so far, but you, you must have been so big that it was noticeable, though, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't even think I was that big time yet, but I guess I was getting some traction, enough traction to get on the that, that lawyer's radar. <laughs> to be bothered, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we've obviously had a handful of conversations, but nothing about why you chose to start that platform that you did. Like, very similar to Riley and I, and just the factor of storytelling. I think that is such a powerful tool especially in the social media space or whatever digital marketing space because it's just again people want to relate to people and I think it also opens doors to a lot of conversations that people might feel intimidated to have and not know really where to start and I think that's a really great way to do it it's just through storytelling in any way and so I really I love the message that your podcast brings I know Marlon Hamilton for those who know Marla Hampton. She has an incredible quote. I may get a few words off, but it was like, she represents the person that she wished she saw when she was younger. And so like to you, you exactly embody that type of role model for a lot of, you know, young black children, even adults, just people who need that like extra sense of motivation that they're not alone and that there are people out there doing the work and accomplishing like what they hope to see within the community. Um, and that's like a huge reason why we started Baddies New Business, not, I mean, yeah. because we wanted to make sure that there wasn't a single person, regardless of demographic, that felt like they were incapable or not qualified or didn't have the resources to do something about what their current life situation was. So it it's pretty amazing to have podcasting as a platform or as a 
mutual experience with people who are trying to accomplish the same goals in different ways. Yeah, that's why I love your platform so much. I was like, oh, yes, because I have a daughter. So, you know, when when she when she grows old enough to listen to your show, I'm like, yo, you need to listen to what Riley and Mackenzie is saying. Oh, my God. I know you're not going to listen to dad because I'm a I'm a dude. And what do I know? You know, we're honored. Yeah, you know, you know, are you kidding? We get our advice from you. Yeah, but my daughter's not gonna. Let's be honest. When she grows older, she's not. She's not gonna respect anything I do. She's gonna be like, "Yeah, that's dad. Whatever." It's like he talking that stuff again. There does come an age though where that totally goes amiss, and you still you start to really appreciate the message that your parents are giving you. Um, and I'll make sure to just seed that into her mind as she's growing mm-hmm. up. You, <laughs> can, you. You, can, you can just walk into her room and place a little phone next to her ear over this podcast and she'll just listen to it and internalize it in her sleep. <laughs> she might get it. She's like, you know, Dad, you know what I heard from a Riley and McKenzie? And I was like, yeah, what did you hear? And she started telling me like, I'm one that told you that we visit ago. Now you, now you get it from Riley and McKenzie? All right. Why? How do you get it? Never mind. Go mm-hmm. ahead. <laughs> I'm, cur- I'm curious. What have been your role models? I know you mentioned earlier on in your journey, but any other role models that others can really pull inspiration from that helped you through yeah. your story? That be remiss if I, I, I first and foremost, Max Weintraub, who was a mentor of mine, like I, I mentioned earlier, he got me into AmeriCorps, and that, that really. Um, fr- the first program he got me with was Environmentors, and crazy story about Environmentors. Here I am, this this kid who who was pretty much a CD student when I started that program, Environmentors, and I wasn't really interested in the environment. I used to give him a hard time too, but he's like, "All right, we'll do a let's do a, a community project on what you want to do," and I did it like around I think it was like Western medicine versus like holistic medicine and how you know the differences between the two anyway long story short that that project went to a science fair that science fair got me into the white house at that time where i got to meet al gore life-changing experience for a little boy coming out of hood that was didn't have good grades who was labeled with ad add right so like then so like I started listening to him all. So I was like, all right, so what, what else could we do this? But what he had told me, like, you know, through our conversations, because we grew a relationship where through curiosity, we got to learn about each other, like really getting curious about each other. We grew an understanding of each other. So he he understood why, you know, oh, I couldn't just maneuver a certain way because of the community I come come from that he didn't have anything about. And then I understood why he may thought certain things based on his upbringing. And we really learned from each other. Like, although at first I thought I was just learning from him, but he, he helped me see, now nah, I was learning from you too. You taught me. And so it was a beautiful relationship that transpired. So I think that was the biggest one. And then I, my, my parents, my stepfather, who's Nigerian, who who put like some really strong fundamentals around education and just self growth and just a lot of pride <laughs> that comes from being a Nigerian refugee. So those are the things that were passed on to me. And my mom was just um, big on faith and a very spiritual woman. I think that's where I get the the spiritual side from, even though I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I'm in tune with spirit, my spiritual side. <laughs> 
going off of that, what would you say like the best piece of advice from one of those people was for you that kind of like might have been a big monumental step? I mean, you kind of explained a couple upbringings and stuff of that, but what was like a definitive moment that you remember from Mm. one of those people? That's a good one. I can't remember if this came from my cousin or uncle, not any of the people that I talked about, but uh, I remember one time they said, don't let school get in the way of your education. I'll repeat that for you. Don't let school get in the way of your education. Because um, at the time that I was going to school, uh, I was putting, so the, the emphasis that I was putting into the education of the books, I wasn't learning the education of life through school mm-hmm. and the things that were not being taught in the mm-hmm. classroom. Uh, I, that didn't hit till later in my life. I was like, oh, wait, I learned some other things that, that, really served me in life that wasn't in these books that I should have paid more attention to (laughs) that I understand now. Right. (laughs) That's so true. And I I remember you talking and we were at a coffee shop and we were chatting and you said you learned an incredible amount of information from the people you've interviewed. And so Mm. in what ways do you feel like other people can utilize the people around them or build those type of relationships and start enhancing their education through life? Ooh, there's, there's so much knowledge to be had in people's experience. And, and most of the time, people are willing to share their experience if you're willing to, you know, get curious and listen and, and, and then ask the right questions, right? Um, there's this old saying that your network is your network. I tell people the importance of networking, like, um, you know, what's that old saying? It's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I'm going to do you one better. It's who knows you. Ooh, so once you get to dang. know people... And, and then those people know you, your name starts getting mentioned in rooms that your feet haven't even touched yet. Yeah. And so that's what started to happen to me. I got to know people and then those people got to know me. And then they started to mention me to people that I had no idea that that even knew me or wasn't even in the room where the conversation was happening. I get pulled in. It's like, or, or they're like, give me a call. Say, like, hey. Got your information from such and such. They told me you're the person to speak to about this. I was like, me? Little, like, I'd be like, me? They told you that? Like, like, dang, I'm, I'm on it. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I can tell you about what, what you do, but okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that kind of brings up a subject that I know that both of us and all of us have a little, you know, connection to, which is the whole idea of that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and feeling that you may not be the right person they're <laughs> like wait you're talking to the right person right you know that feeling mm-hmm. how do you combat that feeling for yourself mm-hmm. in your day-to-day nah. good one. that's a good one that is a good um one. Mm. i think you have to get grounded in who you are and knowing that you the you are the author of your own story and and knowing you, may, you don't have to know what everybody else knows. You just have to know what you know, right, mm-hmm. to be true. And, and don't let anybody tell you what you know is not true because there's certain experiences and, and things that you have that are just unique to your story and unique to your vision. I think uh, there was a video I was watching with Jay-Z talking uh, to an a interviewee, and he's like, 
his uncle, his uncle, like, you know, tried to get into the music business, wasn't successful. And then when he was, Jay-Z was in his early start and he's like, his uncle said to like, oh, you'll, you'll never sell a million records. Who do you think you are? Such and such, like, like you should stick to the, the, and then now he's, he's so he sold the million records like a million times, right? Are given a certain vision and storing your life and your life mission. And it's for you to just activate that vision and mission. And you can't go looking to for other people to seek validation on a vision that was given to you, on a journey that was given to you. You have to go out there and own that, go through whatever mistakes, trials, cry, tribulations, whatever, to, so that you can get to that story and create that vision, which is meant for you. And if you don't see a lane out there for yourself that's not out there, maybe because it's not there because it hasn't been created yet and it's on you to create it. And so I, I, that's what I say. Stay grounded in you. Know, get to know who you are and what you want to create in this world and forget the plan B and just go with plan A. Everybody's listening to this, right? I hope so. <laughs> Because that is so powerful. I feel like that's one of those concepts that's like we hear over and over again about like, it's so much easier said than done. Once you hear it and once you start doing it and like take little steps, all of those become so rewarding at the end of the day. It's just taking that first little leap of faith. And once you do, then the ride is wild. So I am taking that advice as well because I all sometimes get stuck and it's, that's okay as well. That's a part of the journey and just remembering in those moments that that is a part of it to feel stuck to feel like you're burnt out you're in a rut like that's all a part of the end goal of the end destination i've been hearing the phrase of like everything happens for you and not to you so like accepting all of the things i think i mentioned this in mm. a previous episode but like let things happen to you no matter if they're happening good or bad they're going to be for a greater purpose and so allowing those things to flood in and don't just like letting life happen to you. Just like let them happen for you because it all makes sense in the end. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even just like a pathway. Like you see, like when you think of a pathway, you think of two, two lanes, right. three lanes, and all of them are linear, but really what they really look like is like they look linear until you get to a certain point And all of a sudden you see a downhill and then, but you didn't see it until you got to that peak. And so mm -hmm. you just keep walking you go down the hill, you keep climbing up, there's going to be other ones around the, around it. So you just like never know. But Dang. I I really like we that We are analogy. on it today, guys. We are on it today. Yeah, y'all on the flow right there. I'm just sitting back and admiring <laughs> this. All <laughs> it's so true, though, and I think it all goes back to like everything. Everything is intertwined. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. So. All right. Well. I think to end on an even better note, what would be like, since we're on our topic, obviously we're podcasters, you're podcasters. We want to know what's your favorite podcast and or a book that you are currently loving at the moment and why? Just for funsies. Mm. Well, my favorite <laughs> podcast right now is the official Baddies B Business Podcast. Hey. <laughs> Yo, hey. oh, you heard him. <laughs> He said what he said. <laughs> <laughs> he said what he said. We're putting, so, out, no, we're putting that on the website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm inspired by, by you know, I, I know people say I inspire them, but I'm inspired by you too as well. Like even the conversations that me, the conversations that me and Riley have off camera, y'all, is just 
I wish we could record every conversation we have off camera because like I was like, man, I'll go back and reflect on that. Like the conversation we had at the coffee shop. I was like, that was like that was a good conversation. I think Even when we had our brainstorming, when me, you and Mackenzie had that brainstorming situation, that was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. We had the ideas was flowing. Like Riley was in her bag of bars. Uh, uh, like she was a rapper. <laughs> we were setting fire. <laughs> Riley making all the slogans. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, it's my favorite part. I agree with that. I don't, I think it's like um, having that, like that tribe of people that keep you and not just like life, but grounded in thought and just like intentionally make you think about what's going on. I know there's like a term called shadow work and where you reflect on what you're doing. Yeah. And I feel like you and Kenzie were like, you're my, um, oh, what's it called? But like my people to go to when I want, I want that experience in my own life, especially when things may get like kind of fuzzy with all all the moving parts so i appreciate I like it McKenzie's i appreciate like you. a spirit guide like she's just gonna take you like let me hold your hand and let me guide <laughs> you all right what That's are true. you feeling what's resonating with you like <laughs> that makes my soul so happy and my heart just flutter because i feel like there's sometimes where i look at riley and i think am i even like doing that for her like I hope I'm doing that for her because that's exactly what I want for all of my friends and all the people that I meet I want to make a mark on them but sometimes I feel like I get in my head and I'm like uh like am I do I do that and so that feels really good to hear and I really appreciate you saying that Terrell because I feel like everybody needs to be reminded that they all have a little spark that helps everybody else grow and I think it's like they're you're the water and everybody else grows because you sprinkle your water among everybody I can't believe you just said that. Of course it's true. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> well, Don't worry. We, we we're working sometimes... on this imposter syndrome. We're we working on working it. It's still a work in progress. Like we, exactly. I go through it too. Mm-hmm. You know, Riley, she, she, you know, sometimes when I see you, I, I look at you as the next Arlington Hamilton. I look at you as a disruptor in the space. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, I don't know if you see yourself that way yet, but like, you know, sometimes I see that. And you in, in, in certain phases when you, when you were talking at the imposters, I was like, "Ooh, she gonna she gonna disrupt some things." Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see what's gonna happen. You're so <laughs> kind, Terrell. I think I think so too. I know it's like uh, I think I one thing I really want to be good at is surrounding myself by people who are way smarter than me, and that mm-hmm. can help me on my way to that to that goal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. Um, but to close this podcast out before we, t- you know, take this all night long, mm-hmm. uh, Terrell, how can people find you on the internet? So you can find me at www.riseurbanation.com to check out the podcast. Uh, if you're looking at coaching service, www.tariells.com. And then any of the social media channels, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat active, you know. <laughs> I get on there every once in a while and I talk my smack <laughs> or I'll, I'll just give you some inspiration or some, some, some good tips. <laughs> I see your Instagram reels. I know that for a fact. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't claim to be the best, but I'm active. I'm active. active. I'm out here. I'm outside. <laughs> it's like, I'm here. <laughs> I love it. That concludes this episode of the Values Name Business. If you want to learn more about trail, be sure to hit up all those links thank you so much Terrell for being a part of our podcast today we were so happy to have you appreciate it thank you so much we're out cut